priest to be in this temple of that great father among fathers, St. Athanasius the Great, on the very Sunday in which we commemorate him and the other 318 holy fathers who shone forth in Nicaea at the first ecumenical council. Truly, God's providence is incomprehensible. Simply reflecting upon the 232 bishops and the 86 priests, deacons, and monks who were present at this council in Nicaea so many centuries ago, we remember that not only present was St. Athanasius, but many other saints of our church. St. Alexander of Alexandria, who anathematized the heretic Arius. St. Evstathios of Antioch. St. Osios of Cordova. St. Spiridon of Trimethios. And even the most beloved St. Nicholas, the Murgusher of Myra. Therefore, as I stand so unworthily before such great men of our holy orthodox faith. I ask not only the God-pleasing prayers of your heavenly intercessor, St. Athanasius, today, but I also ask your own fervent prayers that my feeble and dim-witted mind would be filled with grace from on high. Because as all of you know so very well, the first ecumenical council, which we celebrate today, has absolutely gigantic historical and theological significance to our holy orthodox faith. Not only was the inner mystical unity of the Father and the Son clearly defined in Nicaea, but through the guidance of the All-Holy Spirit, these 318 men produced the very first written expression of the unwritten orthodox belief regarding the two natures of Jesus Christ and a universally accepted definition of what true Christianity was. It was the very first time this had ever been written. And of course that 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 writing was the first seven articles of what we now call the creed, the symbol of faith, the Nicene Creed. Not only does, do these things come to mind, but also, of course, how could we forget at the First Council of Nicaea, jolly old Saint Nicholas, who slapped Arius right across the face. Right? For teaching that Christ was a created being instead of equal with the Father. And also there in Nicaea, the uneducated shepherd, the unlettered hierarch, spirited on the Prometheus, who came from Cyprus. Saint Spirit on the Wonder Worker, who miraculously, while teaching the mystery of the Holy Trinity, held the shard of pottery in his hand. It's like a piece of ceramic tile. And as he was speaking, the fire of the Holy Spirit burst forth from above the tile while water gushed forth from beneath his hand while keeping the tile intact. Perfect 
example of the mystery of the Holy Trinity. Saint Nikolai of Zsicsa, the great Serbian hierarch who labored here in America, has this to say about these Holy Fathers. As stars that shine in the sky, receiving light from the sun, so the Holy Fathers shone forth at Nicaea, receiving light from Christ the Lord and the Holy Spirit. They were Christ-bearing men, for Christ lived and shone forth in them. They were citizens of heaven rather than of the earth, more like angels than men. They were in very truth the temple of the living God. Now, like many from my own small mission parish in Oregon, perhaps there's some of you right now sitting in your seats asking, all right, priest, great about these guys who lived so many centuries ago, but what does this have to do with us now in 21st century America? We, American Orthodox Christians, how are you going to tie this into my life? The answer lies in today's Gospel reading. Listen to these words once again that that beloved disciple, Saint John the Evangelist, wrote, which we just heard. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son may also glorify thee, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is eternal life, our Savior says, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. This is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. So is there any difficulty or confusion here, I ask? The only begotten Son of the Father, the Word of God is telling us that it is life to know the true God. But simply head knowledge, brothers and sisters, does not give us this life. So what does he add? From our Savior's most sweet lips, we hear these words, and Jesus Christ, whom thou didst send forth. This is eternal life, to know Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of the Father. So now do you see what's so critically important here? It's essential that we know the Father, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, his Son, as was manifested to the apostles. The first ecumenical council was so gigantic because it preserved and passed down to us, American Orthodox here in the 21st century, the true knowledge of God which grants us eternal life. Heresy twists the true knowledge of God. It perverts the truth, right? It's what you guys chant every Sunday in your beautiful Troparion to St. Athanasius. And we're not talking about truth here as an idea or a philosophy, right? We're talking about truth incarnate. Truth, the only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is the truth. And heresy perverts that truth. Heresy perverts the person of Jesus Christ. And it deprives us of true life in Him. Without regard to the Holy Scripture, without regard to the apostolic traditions, or the teachings of these God-inspired, 
fathers of the ecumenical councils. Heresy strives under the influence of pride in man's logic. And this is something we have to be very careful of, especially in this age of information where right at our fingertips, it's all there, our logic. The influence of pride in man's logic. Heresy likes to give logical answers and interpretations to divine revelation. Ignoring the fact that faith does not belong to the level of logic, right? Does faith belong to the level of logic? It's of another realm. Faith is something which is not understood by human logic. It's not the result of human logic, human knowledge, human philosophy. It is the substance of things hoped for, right? evidence of things not seen. So do you see, eternal life is not, eternal life is non-existent, you might say, apart from true communion with the true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent forth. And you know, it's important that we remember, it's important that I remember, that this applies to us baptized, chrismated, orthodox Christians as well. We're not talking about those people out there. We're talking about ourselves, right? I might be within the church. I might be chrismated. Taking communion, going to confession, saying to our Father, Jesus Christ is Lord. But I better beware that it's not all to some God who I have made up, just like Arius, right? I better be sure that I'm following the true God. Because the opposite of the true God is an idol. It's one which I've made up. What we really adore and care about is our true God. And that is the real problem. It's not between God and no God, but between God and a false God, between God and idols. Because idol-making is a great pastime of us humans, right? We crank them out like no tomorrow. You're thinking, what's this young whippersnapper priest talking about idols for? Right? Remember, your job, your car, your money, my belly, right? These can all be idols. Even religion, theology, services, vestments. These can all be idols. We may call that idol the Holy Trinity. We might even call it our Father in Heaven. But our intention is not with the true God, but with the God that we've made up. With that God that always agrees with me. One of the common themes throughout Scripture is that God's will never agrees with man's will, right? Why do you think that people didn't recognize Jesus Christ as the Messiah, as the incarnate Son of God, as truth incarnate, as love incarnate, as life incarnate? Because they didn't really want those things. They just plain didn't want it. They wanted something else. Brothers and sisters, the secular world around us has become almost entirely antichrist, as all of you know. 
all around us each day. We watch it on the news. We hear it on the radio. We are aghast by the faces of people around us on the streets. And to be honest, let's be honest with ourselves, all of us to some degree are affected by this. Simply living a normal Christian life has become so difficult in this age of darkness and it only will get worse. The enemy's machinations have been extraordinarily multiplied and refined. And for this reason, everyone who strives in the Lord today must be particularly careful and cautious to run to the true shepherds of the church who have been illumined from on high by the Holy Spirit and are filled with the uncreated grace of the true God. That's why we commemorate the Holy Fathers today. That's why the memory of these 318 Holy Fathers should never ever be forgotten. That's why fidelity to their God-inspired teachings is so important. Because through them we are granted eternal life. Isn't this exactly what St. Paul was saying this morning? In the beautiful passage from the book of Acts, He was speaking to the church of Ephesus. It's one of the most moving scenes in the book of Acts, in my opinion. There they are together. The great apostle to the nations. He who had labored more than all the rest. On the seashore. And he's in tears. St. Paul is in tears. And the priests who he had called to give them his last words, are on their knees, clinging to him, begging him not to leave them orphans. And St. Paul's last words are a frightening warning to the church. He says, After my departing, grievous wolves shall enter in among you. Of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. But remember, he says, remember that from the very first day that I came to you, what manner I have been with you at all seasons, how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. And for three years, three years, St. Paul was there. I did not fail to warn everyone night and day with tears. Therefore, I declare unto you today, he says, I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Everything, he says. I have not hesitated to declare to you the whole will of God. St. Paul's using the words of the prophet Ezekiel when Ezekiel was called in the third chapter of his prophecy. He was told to be a watchman, if you're familiar with his book. He was to stay up in a tower Ezekiel was looking out over God's people and he was supposed to make sure that everything was okay and if he saw danger coming on the horizon he was to raise the trumpet sound in order to warn the people the Lord said to Ezekiel if you see danger coming and blow the trumpet to warn and they do not take warning their blood be on their own head, since they heard the sound of the trumpet but did not take warning. 
But the Lord speaks to Ezekiel. If the watchman sees danger and does not blow the trumpet to warn the people, and the sword comes and takes the life of one of them, I will hold the watchman accountable for his blood. It's a profound message and warning on the responsibility of overseers, of bishops, priests, and for the flock entrusted to them, right? To all of us. It's a very beautiful and most appropriate epistle, this passage of the book of Acts that we celebrate today as we commemorate these 318 Holy Fathers. Beloved of God, we Orthodox Christians of the 21st century have been blessed with such a rich inheritance. We are the privileged heirs and guardians to a great and priceless treasure. And you know that just as well as I do. Because this church was a church of pathfinders. And what you did here is an inspiration to me and to many other young men like me who have come and followed the path that you have blazed before us. We're privileged heirs and guardians. It's our duty to transmit this inheritance which has been entrusted to us unimpaired to those who will receive it to those who have ears to hear for when he comes again the Lord will ask each of us all of us for that which he has entrusted to us may we be found worthy in that day to hear the words of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords come ye blessed of my Father inherit the kingdom prepared for you the prayers of the Holy 318 Fathers and of all the saints, especially of our Holy Father, St. Athanasius the Great, O Lord Jesus Christ, our God, strengthen us in the true faith. Have mercy upon us and save us.